Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Elam. Oh, let's try it again. Good morning, Hope Elam. It is so good to see you. I want to welcome you in. My name is John, one of the campus pastors here. And whether you are in the room or worshiping with us online, I want to extend a special welcome to you today. If you're visiting from out of town, we believe it is no accident that you are here. We're so glad that you've joined us for worship today. I don't know about you, just a show of hands. You're in church, so please be honest. Could anybody use some more rest? Is it just me? Could anybody use some more rest? Awesome. Yeah, maybe the first part of that video, if you're like me, kind of makes your heart pitter-patter, like I got to do all these things and I got to be busy, and then it's just calm. And that word at the very end of the video has grabbed me this week as I've kind of prayed and pondered over that word, and it's reset. It's reset. That maybe that's something that God longs for us as we enter now into these summer months. It's hot. It's Iowa, and we might have a somewhat normal uh, summer here again, praise God. But that word, reset, sticks out to me. I think we could all use some more rest. Maybe it's physical rest this morning. Maybe it's emotional or spiritual, mental rest, whatever it is that you're facing in your life these days. I know we have a lot of young families uh, with very, very young kids, uh, and so maybe it is that physical rest for you. Some of you are like, I got to stretch of four hours last night, so I'm rocking it. So amen for all the young parents uh, in the room uh, as well. We have some young kids at our house, and they can't quite figure out their sleep schedules sometimes. So our almost six-year-old, Evie, comes into our room in the middle of the night. We have some visitors into our bed uh, sometimes in the middle of the night. She comes in, and she's frustrated. I don't know if she's half awake or sleepwalking, and her hair's all over the place, and she comes in. And also, she's going to not like me later when she's a teenager that I've told you all these stories. But I'll tell it anyway. Uh, She comes in and she goes, Daddy, I I just can't sleep. I'm, honey, why can't you sleep? And she just goes, oh, I'm so frustrated. I just keep interrupting myself. And I just can't go back to sleep. And I wanted to say, well, tell yourself to knock it off then and go to sleep. But I didn't. I said, honey, it's okay. I just go back to bed because we all need some rest. And maybe for you it is physical rest, but for some of you, maybe it's mental rest. It's been an exhausting week or month or year. Emotionally, you're worn out. Maybe you're grieving today because of a loss, something that's happened in your life. Uh, or, Or maybe it's spiritual rest. For some of you, you just can't remember the last time that you felt a deep connection with God and you're dry and you're empty and you need to get filled up. Today. I will tell you this, the reason, one of the reasons I'm preaching this message today is because I can't remember the last time that I've just been talking with one of you before and after worship or uh, over coffee or meeting sometime during the week, and I just asked that question, you know, the loaded question, so how are you doing? How's it going? And I cannot remember the last time somebody just said, I feel rested and totally refreshed. That, like, that never happens. I, I don't even hear myself saying that. A lot, especially after the year that we've had. I was talking with a mentor, a counselor of mine the other day. By the way, I would 
highly recommend that. This is one of your pastors standing on the stage saying, I go to counseling and it's one of the best decisions I've ever made uh, to care for myself. And so we put such a stigma on that. And yet I would really encourage you to do that because all of us have been through a lot. And I was talking to my counselor the other week, uh, it was a couple weeks ago now, and I said, I was just trying to pinpoint what what is it that, that is happening in my soul? Why do I feel overwhelmed a lot or exhausted or just a little weary from the last year. And I I know that everything that's gone on, but I was trying to pinpoint what I was feeling in my soul. And maybe some of you have felt this way as well. And I was saying, I'm just so busy and I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed sometimes and all these things going on. And he just stops me as a good, good mentor, a good leader would. He said, John, let me, let me take a weight off your shoulders and give you some grace here. Do you know that no human being was designed to withstand the trauma that we've experienced the last year and a half? Oh, okay, yeah, that explains a lot. Like, that's really helpful to know. And maybe some of you have overlooked that, as I have, that I'm just going to power through. And I'm just going to muster up the strength and the energy and the willpower to get through this. But I don't know about you, but 2020 into 2021 was one blow after another, whatever that is for you. And it felt so good to just admit that, to name that, and then to start to make a plan, yes, a plan for soul care. And the kind of rest that I want to talk to you about today is deeper than just, oh, did you get eight hours of sleep last night? Like, that's helpful, and that's good, and you should. But I want to talk to you about soul care. I want to talk to you about soul rest. And one of the reasons that I'm doing this is because I need this. I'm preaching this sermon to myself as well, and I think maybe if you can resonate with that. I asked my counselor, I said, so do I just need to go on a vacation, and that'll fix everything? And he's like, no, 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 no. You can do that, and that's important. But what you, John, need, and maybe a lot of you need as well, is deep restoration from the trauma and the the feelings of stress and anxiety and grief that you've experienced over this last year. That can't be fixed by a week at the beach or at the lake cabin or wherever you go to rest and restore. You need deep soul restoration. You need something deeper that only Jesus can offer. And I don't know about you, but maybe this last year you've had an opportunity to reflect back now that, praise God, that feels like the pandemic is waning and in its final stages and, and we can see each other. So praise God for your faces. You have great faces this morning. So excited about that. But I hope if you haven't already, I hope that you'll take some time to reflect back and to say what were some things that the pandemic shut down, some unhealthy habits and rhythms that I was just doing that I was forced to stop. I hear people say all the time, and you've probably heard this phrase a lot these days, oh, I just can't wait till we get back to normal. I can't wait till we get things back to normal. Have you stopped and considered over this last year that maybe some of your old habits and your old routines, and your old rhythms, that maybe there's some parts of your normal that are not worth going back to? Have you ever stopped and considered that, that maybe Jesus wants to show you a new path? He wants to show you a new way, a a new rhythm. And so how do we find that? We hit the reset button. We do that on our computers. If your computer freezes up, what do you do? You hit reset, right? You power it off and power it back on. You unplug it and you plug it back in. Maybe that's what we were designed for as well. So how do we do that? 
Often I think that we think we have to find the, the next new technique or device or strategy or uh, time management tool or the next blog article or Facebook article and find that. God's word has something to tell us that's an incredible invitation this morning instead. And we find it in the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 6, verses 16. Let's read this nice and loud in your, I've had my coffee. People, there's coffee in the lobby. Give God praise this morning. So I'm expecting big things from a fully caffeinated service today, okay? So read this with me today. Jeremiah chapter 6. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. So God's word to you, to his people, to all of us this morning, through the prophet Jeremiah, is to find rest for your soul. A deep restoration. But you'll notice, as often happens with us as God's people, right after that, but you said, meaning you, collectively all of us, we will not walk in it. There is a sustainable, healthy rhythm that God designed you to live, that as human beings he created you for. And when you push against that, you're pushing back against the very nature of your being. It's going to be hard. It's going to do damage on your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength. God calls us to something different. He says, walk in this path, but as God's people always have, sometimes we choose a different path. We buy into the path of the world around us. And when I look at the circumstances of my own life, the battles that I'm facing, the, the, the things that seem to push back against finding rest for my soul, and as I look around our culture and our world, there's two things that totally stick out. And I don't need to convince you of these things, but this is the madness of the world that we live in. The first one is simply the pace of life. And I don't need to convince you of this, but there's just some fun stats that I found this week. To, if you need further convincing, you and I will make more phone calls in one day than the entire world did in 1980. In the next 24 hours, we will send more emails than the entire world did in 1990. We will send more texts today than the entire world did in the year 2000. Some of you are like, that's not that long ago. No, I mean, it's 21 years ago, but an entire year. We are surrounded by technology, and don't get me wrong, I'm not ragging on technology. I use it. My phone's right back there and ready to go. It's super helpful, and as beneficial as it can be, it can also be dangerous. I majored in electronic communications in college, and one of the classes that I took was mass communications, and our professor was fond of saying, with every technological advance that comes out, this goes all the way back to the printing press. I mean, you can scale it back. With every new technological advance that comes out, he said this, and get a load of the, the words that are used in this, text, this secular textbook. Every technology has a salvation despair cycle. A salvation despair cycle where it comes out and everybody buys into it and this is going to be the thing. This is going to satisfy our souls. This will save me time. This will save me energy. This will give me a healthier life. And then it lets us down because we put all of our hope in that thing or that device. There was expert testimony given in the United States Senate in 1967. In 1967, that because of all the labor-saving technology in 1967, that they were predicting that within 20 to 30 years, which is long gone and past, we're 50 years past that, that the average American would work something like 30 hours a week and 30 weeks a year because we wouldn't know what to do. We would be so bored. We wouldn't be stressed at all, and nobody would work over 40 hours a week. A salvation despair 
cycle. But there's more. It's not just the pace of life that we live, and you feel that. I have 210 unread emails in my inbox right now. Am I going to read all of them? Probably not. We feel the overwhelming nature of the pace of life, but it's also the information and interruptions. Some of you have your phone on vibrate right now, just in case during church you get a Facebook notification that your friend's cat's stuck in a tree, and you really need to know that right away. So just keep that on vibrate just in case. And we laugh and we giggle about that, but it's all of us. I struggle with this right along with you. Sometimes it feels like your phone is the extension of your arm. And can we just laugh a little bit this morning? Is that okay? Can we poke a little bit of fun at ourselves? And then we'll talk about the serious side of it. But I found this video this last week, and you tell me if often you're like me, and our phones can just be a little distracting from the rhythms that Jesus wants us to live. Take a look. Yeah. Turn to, your, uh, turn to the person next to you and say, really? Tell them that right now. Really? It's, it's, that's funny. You just have to laugh sometimes. If you can't remember the last time you laughed in church, you're in the wrong church, okay? Sometimes it's just good to laugh, okay? A word, though, to those of you that maybe like me at times are super connected right here with all your networking out there but you're disconnected and you're empty in here where it matters most. And you don't have any 3 a.m. friends. You've got 1,450 on Facebook. But what if your marriage is falling apart and your finances are on the rocks and you're empty inside? You don't have anybody to turn to. We are the most connected, networked society in the history of humankind, and yet we are the most depressed and empty society in the history of humankind. I'm not trying to rag on technology. My phone's right back there. And sometimes I'm those people. I haven't run into anything yet, but close. We are those people. You were made for more. You were made for more. You were made for human connection. And the reason I'm speaking on this today is there's been various times over the last couple years where I have found myself distracted, unable to be fully present with God and with those that I love, constantly pulled to that, like a magnetic force that's drawing me to whatever notification is popping up next, to whatever email, to whatever text message, whatever Facebook message, whatever, whatever you call it. And I'm pulled by that, and I find myself not just scrolling through my phone. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through life? Like everything's just a little more shallow than it used to be. I got a stack of books that I've read about two pages in each of them. Ah, that blog article is going to take me three minutes. I'd rather do 30 seconds. And we live in this instantaneous society, and I'm not ragging on technology. I'm just really curious about what it's doing to my soul. We will consume more information in that device than would crash a laptop. In one week, we'll consume more information than would crash a laptop. Maybe God has something different for us. The pace of life, the constant interruptions. And what I'm finding is that maybe my soul and your soul was not meant to run at the, at the speed of a smartphone. And yet we just look at the world around us and say, well, that's what everybody else is doing, so that must be the direction that our world is going. And yet when we talk to you as your pastors, I know when I talk to you before and after worship or during the week, the two most common things that I hear, and it stayed consistent all the way through the pandemic, how are you doing? Number one, tired, busy, stressed, overwhelmed. And number two, a close second, 
I want to experience God in a deeper way and grow in my faith. Hmm. Beyond ironic, I think those two are more connected than we think. I think it speaks directly to our problem. The problem when we don't care for our souls and run at the pace and the rhythm that Jesus has designed us and created us for is that we cut ourselves off from the abundant life that Jesus wants to give us. I have come that you might have what? Life and have it to the full and have it abundantly. I don't see people experiencing that. Oftentimes, our souls get left behind. I resonate with this next story a lot because this is me a lot in the way that I live my life. For the record, I'm an Enneagram 3. I love to achieve. I love to perform. I love to stay on schedule. I love to be productive. I love to get things done. And a lot of times, unfortunately, if you're like me, you find your value and your worth in that. And you live your whole life like that. And you force everybody else to be the same way. I recently heard a story. There was an American traveler, and sometimes American tourists get a bad rap because for those of you that have traveled abroad, you know we live a little bit faster than everybody else in the world. And we call it normal. And so there's a story that of American tourists that was going to Africa to visit this third world country, and he was going to go on a safari and, and go explore for two or three weeks, and it was going to be great. But because he was the way that he was and running at the speed of a smartphone, he had everything planned out ahead of time, an agenda and schedule to a T, and he had hired a bunch of locals to be his guide and carry all of his stuff in their Jeep and travel in this big caravan. He had every moment of every day planned out and scheduled on an agenda. And he gets there, and the first day they get up bright and early, 6 a.m., and they start out because he's got all these things he wants to accomplish on his vacation. Anyway, so he's doing that and he's got to get all these things done and they get up and they get going and they travel far and they travel fast and they get everything done day one. Next day they get up early, travel fast, travel hard, move, get everything done on the agenda. Uh, Day three, same thing, get up early, travel fast, travel hard, get everything done on the to-do list. And day four, something strange happens. This American tourist wakes up and these locals from Africa are sitting under a tree sleeping. They got up, they had their breakfast, and they're just laying around in the sun, just laying, basking in the sunlight. And he's furious. And he goes to the interpreter, the leader of his trip, and said, what is going on? This is a waste of money. We got things to do. We got to go. We got to go. We got, we got an agenda to do today. We got to get all these things done. And he said, what is going on? I'm furious. And the translator said, kind sir, they are letting their souls catch up to their bodies. I don't know. Maybe you're like me. And that's exactly what you need in June of 2021. Some of you, your souls need to catch up with your bodies. How do we find that rescue? Well, modern counseling and the Bible come at this from very different views. You can read self-help articles and magazines and watch the talk shows and say, if you just look inside of yourself, if you just try a little bit harder, you'll find the answer. Just try this tip or technique, and we forget about that salvation despair cycle when we put our ultimate hope in a tip or a device or a time management strategy. Modern counseling will say, just look inside of yourself, and that's where the answer is. But don't you think that if we were smart enough in a modern society to get off the treadmill that we would have done it already? And when I have conversations with people, they would say, you know what? I am living at a sustainable pace. Our family is healthy. We don't run all over the place. And I'm experiencing intimacy with Jesus every day. But that's not the answer I get. Instead, Jesus comes to our rescue this morning. And he says this. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 29. Let's read this together and let it bless you this morning. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What an incredible promise. Now, just for some of you, you may get the rest for your souls part, but not the yoke part. We forget that Jesus was speaking this and using these analogies in an agricultural society in ancient Palestine, and so he's speaking on their terms. But I'm guessing, just a show of hands, did anybody yoke up your oxen to get here today? Anybody? Okay. You got here on time. That's great if you did. If you don't understand what that looks like, it'd be helpful to understand what Jesus is saying. In his day, what they would do is they would take this yoke or this brace that they would put across Bessie and Mrs. Bessie here, and they would yoke them up together. And what they would do is that the farmers would take a younger ox, and they would yoke them up with an older, wiser, mature, experienced ox. And when they would set them out to plow the field or to travel from town to town, what would happen is that that yoke would force the younger, immature ox to be yoked to the older ox and walk at their pace and their rhythm rhythm, because the older ox knew how to plow the field in a sustainable way that 10 minutes into it, they don't crash over and die. Those of you that grew up on farms, you know this. You can't push your livestock to the brink. They'll die. And yet as humans, we go, I'll just plow through. I'll just muster up the strength. I'll just push myself a little harder. And so what would happen is if the younger, more immature ox would try to go too fast at a different rhythm, it would chafe the back of their neck and they would start to bleed. And so over time, they just learned the hard lesson. I'm going to go at the pace and the rhythm of the older, wiser ox. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is the older, more experienced ox that is looking some of you in the eyes, including myself this morning, saying, for the sake of your soul, slow down. Slow down. And the beauty of this, my favorite part of this story that Jesus tells is that what they would do, you you didn't go and buy these in bulk, okay? You don't go to Sam's Club and buy bulk yoke, okay? They handcrafted each yoke to be custom fit for each ox. And so when Jesus says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light, he's not saying that life is going to be easy. We know that, duh. Look at the last year and a half, right? What Jesus is saying to you this morning is that I have handcrafted and custom fit a pace and a yoke and a rhythm of life that's for you and the way that I designed you and your pace and your rhythm and your priorities are yours that I've given you. So stop looking around and comparing your life to everybody else's because they have a different yoke. I have called you to something. I designed you for purpose, on purpose, and I've given you a custom fit yoke. And ask me, if you're wondering, ask me, and he'll show you how your limitations are actually a gift. I can't go at that pace. I'm going to burn myself out. Limitations are a gift of God. Embrace them. Embrace the yoke that he has for you. And some of you are like, man, that's exactly what I need. And that's what Jesus is offering us to a custom fit yoke. Learn my rhythms. So how do we do that? How do we find those rhythms? How do we find those old wise roads that Jeremiah is calling us to? How do we hit the reset button. Well, it'd be helpful for us to probably go back and ask the God that created us. Go the way, all the way back to the beginning. So if you're following along in your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter 2. If you've got your phones, maybe, or your actual Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to go back to the beginning to find the way that God actually 
created us. And you know the creation story. God creates the world in six days. And he creates Adam and Eve on that sixth day. He creates them and he gives them a job to do. So we read that by the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. The first thing that God ever, ever blesses as holy in the Bible is time. Because that's how valuable and important it is. And then God rests. He creates Adam and Eve. He gives them a job to do. And so from the very beginning of creation, we almost see this, those of you that are music majors, like a, a, a pendulum or something like that, a metronome that's upside down that swings back and forth. And God creates this rhythm in the world of rest and work, of rest and work. I've never had a balanced week. Has you ever had a perfectly balanced week? We're going to be searching for a balanced life your entire life. Jesus says, I'm inviting you into the rhythm of creation that God put it there at the very beginning. And he blesses work and he says it's good. Some of you are like, John, I can't rest all day. I have a job. I got to make money. Yes. And God blesses that and he calls work holy. But he also says there's another part of a rhythm to the fabric of creation and it's rest. And so God does this amazing thing. He creates Ab and Eve. He creates us as humankind. He gives them a job to do on day six. And then they show up. Imagine this. You get hired. You fill out an application. You, you go through the interview process. You get hired for the job you've always wanted. You show up on the first day to work and your boss says, praise God for you. We love it that you're here. Why don't you go home and take the first day off? You're like, score! That's the best job ever, right? That's exactly what God did. Rest. Could it be that we've got it backwards this whole time? That actually in that rhythm, that we were not created to rest out of the abundance of our work, but to work out of the abundance of our rest. Everybody goes, go, 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 go. And you know the song, right? Help me out here. Everybody's working for the... Go, 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 oh, crash. What if you didn't have to? I think that's an American thing. That's not a Bible thing. Go, 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 crash weekend. Go, 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 crash. That's not the rhythm that God set up. Get filled up, rest, live a sustainable rhythm so that you follow Jesus into everyday life and you can live at a sustainable pace. So that's the rhythm that God sets up. And so how do we do that? Well, God wants us to see that rhythm. What would it look like for you to live in that rhythm daily, weekly, monthly, and even annually? What are the rhythms that God wants you to experience? First of all, daily. We want to experience rhythm daily. And why do we want to do that? Jesus did. Jesus did. I love in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, we read this. Yet the news about him spread all the more, meaning Jesus, so that the crowds of people came to him, hear him, and be healed of their sicknesses. Jesus was the busiest person to ever walk the face of this earth. Jesus was always busy, but he was never frenzied or rushed. The difference, a condition of the soul. You can be busy, and yet right in the middle of the crowds pressing in around him, Jesus had this peace. Why? Because he'd been with the Father. I'm not going to cater to the roar of the crowds because I've experienced the whisper of God. That's why it's so important. Jesus said, it's your daily bread. And those of you that have followed Jesus for a while, you know no quiet time or devotion is going to fill you up. You want to be with Jesus every moment of every day. And the reason that Jesus was able to fill out his mission is because he was with the Father every day and he would withdraw. Jesus withdrew, get this, 
to lonely places and prayed. Could it be that one of the ways that God wants to grow us into maturity as men and women of God is the ability to be alone with ourselves and with God and be lonely and be okay? If you can't remember the last time that you were alone with yourself for longer than 10 minutes without your phone going off or your leg tapping like this or thinking about the next thing, I want you to ask yourself a really important question. Why? Why is that so hard for you to be alone with yourself? And I think, can we just be honest? We're in church, so let's do that. Some of us have such a hard time being alone with ourselves and alone with God because when we get alone and we slow down and we get quiet, we have to deal with the things that we've been avoiding because of the busyness of our lives. I am not getting off the treadmill, John, because then I have to deal with my pain and then I have to deal with my grief. Jesus was the most emotionally healthy person to ever walk the earth because he was lonely. We do this with our kids all the time. Daddy, what's next? What are we doing? What are we doing this afternoon? What are we doing this evening? And I just love saying, I don't know, and I don't care. And he's like, Daddy, I'm bored. Good. <laughs> Amen, parents? Good. This is the lost art of boredom. Because you know what happens when you're bored? You slow down and it forces you to think and it forces you to get creative. And I've spent way too much money on toys when sticks and dirt get it done sometimes. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Daddy, we're bored. And I say, good, now you can hear God. Grown up kids, now you can hear God. Slow down and go to a lonely place. And what I love about Jesus is that he's not sitting in an ivory tower asking us to do this. Jesus experienced the busyness and the stress all around him. And I just want to say this on behalf of Pastor Hurst and I, we love it that you're active. We love it that you're serving. We love it walking around here during the week and this place is just buzzing. This is way more than an hour on Sunday morning. We're on a mission from God. Amen. And I love that. And we love that. And you are an incredibly servant-hearted and active church. But do you know where that's going to fall short? Is if you're drawing from an empty well. All of those things are from the overflow of you experiencing God. That's why Jesus had a sustainable ministry. That's why Jesus accomplished his mission. Because he was constantly going back and drawing from the well, which was his love with his father. And that relationship. Our deepest desire for you as a church this summer is that we would take a step back as a church and that every single one of you would know how to be with God. Be intimate with God. The measure of a maturity of a growing church is not how busy we are and all the things we can do for God. He never asked you that. He asked you to be with him. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Don't forget the abiding part. Be with Jesus. Know how to be still. We will only be healthy as a church, the healthiest as we are as individual members. That you're spending time every single day with Jesus. So Jesus modeled this. One of the things that has really been helpful for my wife Tiffany and I, and some of you have heard this before, but a lot of you are new, so I'm going to bring you up to date, is this app called the Pause app. Okay? I told you I'm not anti-technology. For some things, it's great. Okay? Some of you have maybe been using the Pause app, and it's from Ransom Heart Ministries. You download it. It's on your phone. Just don't run into anything while you're on it. Uh, but you can set these one-minute, three-minute, five-minute, 10-minute guided prayers where it literally goes off like an alarm on your phone, and it interrupts you 
throughout your day. Mine goes off at 10.30 and 2.30 every day. And the first couple weeks I was doing it, I hated it. Because I intentionally put it where I knew I was going to be in the middle of something. Like I've had my time with God in the morning. I'm at work. I'm in the middle of an email or call. And it forced me to say, can I call you back? I got, I got an appointment with God. He's calling me on my phone. And I was so frustrated. I turned to Tiffany. I said, this thing is so annoying. It interrupted me right in the middle of something. And she goes, I think that's the point. The point, the, the phrase that needs to be gone forever from Christianity is, did you have your God time today? That phrase makes zero sense to me. Oh, I had my 10 minutes of God time, as if the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, I'm going to check out from the rest of your day. I'm not, you know, an all-present, all omnipotent God is not going to be. He's everywhere. The whole day is God day. So the daily rhythm is not how do I have my 10-minute devotion in the morning. It's how do I saturate every moment of every day and I walk with Jesus. I'm his kid. He's right there with me. And I'm going to experience him in every moment of every day. When I go into a tough meeting, when I'm ready to send an email, I'm ready to make a call at work, I'm just inviting the Holy Spirit, do this with me. You're right there with me, Daddy. Walk through this with me. I'm inviting him into every moment of every single day. So that's the daily rhythm, but we also have a weekly rhythm, and this is the one that you might be most familiar with or you've talked about, been talked about in church, and that's Sabbath. Exodus chapter 20, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. It's so interesting to me that when God gives us the Ten Commandments, of which the Sabbath is one of, this is the only one we wink at and say, yeah, sort of. I mean, I think we can all agree today. Like, can we all agree that we should probably not murder each other? Okay, that's good. Um, we should probably shouldn't go out in the parking lot and steal somebody's car. Okay, that's good, right? I shouldn't covet your stuff, right? All of that. Shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. Okay, we agree on all that. And then it's like God says, I'm commanding you, not suggesting to you, I'm commanding you to have a 24-hour day of rest where you stop and we're like, yeah. I mean, really, God. That's like the optional commandment, right? It's 2021. And I think God wants to say to us this morning, it might not be murder or stealing, but if you never slow down, you are doing violence to your soul. Not to somebody else, to you. Self-care is never selfish. It's strategic. It's never selfish. It's strategic. And some of you are all down with the first part of the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Absolutely. Amen, brother. Preach it. And love your neighbor as, yeah, I think if we're honest, there's some of us that when we look in the mirror, we don't necessarily even love ourselves, let alone like ourselves. So I'm just going to go to the bottle again, or I'm going to go back to the fridge, and I'm going to try to fill that emptiness that I feel. Well, it's never going to be enough. You don't wink at the Sabbath. It's a gift. And when you receive a gift, like if your parents give you a gift for Christmas, you don't argue about how it's wrapped. You receive the gift. You focus on the point. And some people are like, well, John, I work on Sundays or I work at night and I can't find this. And it's not, my Sabbath is on Monday. Don't miss the heart. We, the Sabbath was made for us. It's a gift. Receive it. I think about it like a snow day. I don't know if any of you remember when you were kids and you got notified. Now it's just like a ticker on the bottom of the screen or you get a text. Your parents get a text. We lived in Story City growing up. This is weird. I don't know if it's a small town thing. We called the bank. This is weird. We called this random number and then this man was on the other end and he'd be like, 
no school at Roland Story today. And my brother and I were like, praise the Lord. This is awesome. We get a free day. All these things we had to do. Now we just get to be. And God is saying to you this morning, you get a snow day every week, even as grown-up kids. Receive the gift. Stop arguing about whether it's 20 hours or 8 hours or 24 hours or what day it's on. Receive the gift, God says. Have mercy on your soul. I'm trying to take care of you. I'm trying to give you this gift. It's grace. So work up to it. If it's 10, if it's 10 hours, 12 hours, work up to it. It doesn't have to be on Sunday, but slow down. We forget that when God gave these commands, it was he rescues the people out of Egypt that have lived multiple generations of slavery where they literally worked as slaves every day. God takes them out of Egypt, out of the Pharaoh's oppression. They get, they get, they're on their way to the promised land. God delivers the Ten Commandments through Moses, and one of those is take a Sabbath. You've been slaves your entire life, and so what if God was saying to you with this Sabbath, not wink, wink, like try? He was saying to you, this is how free people live. And when you ignore that command from God, you are running back to Egypt. Don't run back to slavery. Don't run back to the chains. That's not who you are. You're free and your value and your worth does not come from how successful you are or how many emails you send or whether you close the deal or whether you can puff your chest out and say, I work 70 hours a week. God says, stop it and care for the one body and soul and heart that you've been given. You are much more valuable to me than that. So stop doing damage on your soul. Slow down and receive the gift. You're not in slavery anymore. So how do we do this? How do we find the joy in this weekly rhythm? Well, there's four parts of a Sabbath. There's lots of parts, but four for today. The first one is stop. Everybody say stop. Like you literally stop. There's one human being in the history of humankind that has been able to say the words, it is finished, and have it be true. And that was Jesus on the cross. He said it is finished so that you'll never have to. (laughs) This side of heaven, the the to-do list is never going to be done. Jesus is the one that's done that for you. So we stop from the work that we've been doing. We rest. And we find real rest. A lot of us like to run to other things. Some of you are like, oh yeah, I take a Sabbath. You know, I did Netflix for about 10 hours and uh, went to the fridge and binged on some stuff. I feel terrible, but I guess that was my Sabbath. And we run to all these things, right? And I think sometimes what we do is like we're eating a bag of Cheetos while we're running on a treadmill. Well, this isn't working. Because you're not experiencing rest, deep restoration. Has anybody ever had the gum juicy fruit? Has anybody ever had that? It's amazing for the first 14 seconds. And then it's terrible. You're like, this is gross. I think if we're honest, we all have some juicy fruits that we go to. I'm going to run to the bottle. I'm going to run to that substance. I'm going to run to the fridge. I'm going to run to Netflix. I'm going to run to that unhealthy relationship because it makes me feel good for about 14 seconds or a day, and then it lets me down. Have you ever wondered why you run to all those things? You're just as empty, if not more empty afterwards. My soul finds rest in God alone, the psalmist writes. Yes, do all those other things. Veg. I veg sometimes. Sometimes Tiffany asks me, what are you doing? Ladies, you ever been there? And the man in your life says what? Nothing. I'm in my nothings box. Women are like, I don't have that. I know you don't. We do. It's literally nothing. It's one of the healthiest things you can do. So rest. Experience that healing. Third, delight. This is different for all of us. Experience joy. God created you for joy. 
Whatever that is for you, what fills you up, what it might be for one person might be different. I love mowing the lawn. This is not an invitation. I don't want to mow your lawn. I love mowing my lawn because it's relaxing for me. I love doing that. I love playing golf. So I'm going to do the things that fill me up, that bring me joy. And when you have a family, you invite your kids into that. You do that together and you experience Sabbath as a family. Maybe parents, the greatest gift you can give your kids is them watching you do nothing. Daddy, don't you have to go to work today? Nope. I could. Not gonna. Because I want to teach you how to be with God. Where's your phone? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it feels so good to not know where your phone is. Just takes the hooks out of you. And last but not least, worship. Worship. Worship is a get to, it's not a got to, it's spiritual nourishment for our souls. You were created to connect with your creator weekly. It's spiritual exercise, it's how you activate your faith. There are things that you cannot do alone. Christianity is a very, very personal relationship, but it was never meant to be private. The reason that you come here, and I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying that every week when you come, you walk out those doors and you're like, oh, I wanted to sleep in this morning and I didn't really want to go, but I'm so glad I came. You know what that is? That's the community of God. That's the body of Christ. You were created for this. That's why this last year was so hard because we have this divide between us. You were created for this. You know what's really hard to do alone in your living room in front of your computer screen? Serve somebody. Forgive somebody. Listen to somebody. Get outside of yourself. Get over yourself and do something for somebody else. Experience that rest. And for those of you online, this is my challenge to you as well. We love it that you're here and you're just as much a part of our church family. We love it that you're with us. Whatever state that you're watching from, my encouragement to you, for those of you that are online, who are you going to talk about the sermon with? Who's going to keep you accountable? Who's going to challenge you? How are you going to activate your faith and live as a disciple this week? And, and, and why does this matter ultimately? Why an entire sermon on rest? Well, number one, I needed it. So thank you for letting me do that. Maybe one or two other people needed to hear this today. I know I did. You want to know why we're doing this? It's because Pastor Hurst and I love you so much. And we care about you. And it would be spiritual malpractice for us to stand up here week after week and say, busy, 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 do, 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 do. You're human beings, not human doings. And the greatest gift we can give you is to point you to the one that can fill up your soul, that can give you real rest after the year that we've had. Not just rest, but restoration. We need a, we need a deeper drink from the well. And maybe some of you this morning are kind of feeling, I had this thought of like these sponges. Sponges are very odd. They don't really do anything. You can't do anything when they're dry and they're malnourished. And some of you, this is kind of what you feel like in your relationship with God. Maybe it's your first time back to church in a long time. I feel so dry, empty, disconnected from God. Jesus' invitation is to come and drink, to come and let your entire life be saturated with the presence of God, to come and soak, to come and be with him. The reason we love rest so much, it's in our name, folks. Our name is Hope Elam. And legacy Elam people, you have to help me out a little bit right here. Remember, Elam is a place of what? Rest and refreshing. Exodus chapter 15, God's people are on a long journey through the desert and they come to an oasis, a place of rest and refreshment in the middle of a dry and weary land. And they come and they experience physical, mental, emotional rest. And they soak up the presence 
of God. And that what you're seeing right there is activity for God. I'm going to let my being with God fuel my activity for God. And it is the most normal thing for a sponge to pour out living water. Because when you've drank from the well and you've experienced the living water of Jesus Christ, it's the most natural thing that you can do. It's in our name. This is who we are. Hope Elam. And if I can think of two things that our world and our city needs more than ever in 2021, it's hope and it's rest. Amen. And that's the invitation of Jesus is to come and experience that together. And it has nothing to do with your pastors. It has nothing to do with a big old fancy building. It has everything to do with Jesus. He is the hope. He is the rest. That's where it comes from as we drink from the living water. And our deepest prayer is that Hope Elam would be a place, a well in the middle of the desert, an oasis that people can come to and say, well, that's not a perfect church and they're a little weird sometimes, but man, I drank deep from the living water of Jesus and his word today and I'm filled up and the most natural thing for me to do is overflow. It just pours out of me. And I know we did baptisms a couple weeks ago, but it just naturally pours out of you and you're so glad you sat in front today, right? Up for the balcony, way up there, right? It just naturally flows out of you. As the believers say in the book of Acts, we cannot help but share what we have seen and heard. Of course I'm going to volunteer. Of course I'm going to serve. Of course I'm going to get connected in a small group. Of course I'm going to volunteer because it's what I do. It's who I am because I've drank from the well and Hope Elam is an oasis in the middle of a dry and weary land. And we invite people to come and experience the living water. Amen? That's who we've been called to be as a church. You can get that back. If you're dry and weary today, you can get that back. And so we're not just going to talk about it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. So we're going to have some ushers bring in some pillows and blankets. No, I'm just kidding. Back no. Some of you, you should do that. You know, when Jesus is on the boat in the middle of the storm, what does it say? Jesus was taking a nap. For some of you, the most holy thing you could do this afternoon is go home and put aside your to-do list and take a holy Jesus God-ordained nap. And God will say, you didn't accomplish anything the rest of today. Good. And I don't love you any differently. And so what we're going to do is because I can't bring all of you out into summer, we're going to bring a little bit of summer into you. And you're just going to see a video loop playing on the screen. And we'll just all imagine that we're there together. We all experience God in different ways, certainly through his word and through prayer. One of the ways that I experience God is through nature, through remembering that God is wild and untamed. And that there are things in life that don't involve notifications on my phone. And I look at the birds and the animals and the water and the rocks and realize that God's life is in all of them. As his glory fills the skies as we sang about this morning. If this isn't your thing, that's okay. But again, we're going to take like two minutes. I know, crazy. We're going to take two minutes and do nothing except ask God this one question that I dare you to ask. God, what do you want my summer to look like? Not what the crazy world around me is frantically trying to get done. Jesus, what do you have for me this summer? Don't look around. Close your eyes. If you fall asleep, great, it's holy. Be with Jesus. Ask him what he wants for your summer. Let's take a couple minutes. If you're like me, some of you are like, I could do that all day. 
and maybe you should. Sometimes the pneuma, the spirit of God that is our breath and our lungs reminds us of what we were created for. Some of you have been going so hard for so long and you're carrying so many burdens today. Let it go. Let it go. And if you experience something that, that doing that, if you're like me, just go, <sighs> that's God telling you, do more of that. If you long for that, that God, that's God speaking to you. You're desperate for my presence. And you can experience that every moment of every day in a very unique and special way at weekly worship. Don't miss a single week. It's nothing to do with Pastor Hurst and I. It has everything to do with the Spirit of God in this place. But you can experience the oasis, the living water of Jesus, every day. Every day. Ask God, what do you want for my summer? And do that. Find his yoke that's been custom fit for you. For you. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope.elam.org.